Good evening, everybody, and welcome into the latest episode of the GM Show presented by our friends at S&T Bank here on the Penguins Radio Network. This week, we're happy to be joined by Penguins General Manager Ron Hextall. Ron, uh, I know it's been a busy down-the-stretch run for your team here, but always appreciate you taking some time with us. Always my pleasure. Obviously, last night was uh, not the way the Penguins wanted things to go, but I'm curious now that you've had a chance to process it. A crazy start to the game, a pretty uh, character laden response to tie it up at three and then the game slips away in the late stages of the contest in a game where I'm sure you guys would have loved to have pocketed two points and get a little bit of breathing room in the playoff race just how did you see it overall from your perspective yeah it was certainly an unfortunate result I didn't I didn't think the the first period we deserved to be down three nothing or a couple tough bounces there but you know they happen I did like the way our guys responded certainly in the second period there and even the third period, and unfortunately, we take an offensive zone penalty late in the game, and it, it, it ends up biting us with a uh, power play goal that, that uh, again, was, was uh, you know, it's one of those ones where puck has eyes and it finds a way in. We'd like to do some things better, though. We'd like to have a better start to the game. There's lots of things that led up to that, but certainly at this time of the year, you know, one mistake can end up losing you a game, and, and we need to be better than that. I think there's been lots of games this year, and it's been strange seeing it from the Penguins because it's been a team that, you know, we're all talking about, could this be the 17th straight year they get to the Stanley Cup playoffs? A team that's been so consistently good that in a way you almost realize how spoiled the fans have been here and everyone around the organization with all the success that they've had. But as it pertains to this year, I feel like there's been a lot of games like last night where you're left kind of scratching your head or a little frustrated. And I know the word that everyone comes back to, at least we do in the booth, is the consistency factor that it's just been a fleeting thing for the penguins this year i, I don't know i know you're, you're probably not going to solve that with eight games left in the regular season as far as finding consistency but how do you kind of work around that from just the the team perspective at this point well it is difficult because you see a lot of games where you look and you look at our team and you go whoa what a what a whatever what a good team like holy you get excited and then yeah. you know a couple nights later we we throw one of those other games that, that none of us like and you start to wonder but it's uh i know this we're capable of being a really good team and as the year comes to to an end here i'm hoping that we can gather that consistency and and really like you know you you talk about little things like like puck management like decisions um um just being more consistent zone to zone being more consistent in our predictability in you know putting a puck behind a defenseman versus trying to beat a guy you know one on two or one on three and a puck coming back the other way so these are correctable things and i i just hope as we get towards uh the finish line here that we we just become more consistent and make better decisions because we're certainly capable. We've showed it. Do you think that there's an aspect of it, too? And I'm not saying that the team is going to try to flip a switch or anything when you get towards the playoffs if they are able to qualify and get back into the dance. But do you think there's an aspect of it, too, that there's players thinking, okay, we know what it takes once we're in that stage. We just have to get to that stage. And obviously that can be a dangerous mindset, yeah. but um, kind of balancing that and, and maybe once you do clear that hurdle, seeing a little bit of a different approach from the group. I think I think maybe that mindset a month ago or so was maybe right on. I think now given our positioning and we're fighting for our lives here, I, I like to think we're not, we're not in that mindset. Um, but again, this team is, is a team that showed they, they know how to win. They know how to close out games. Um, and we haven't done it. So we need to get better there. And I do, I do hang my hat on the fact that we are capable. 
Chance to get back in the wind column Thursday at PPG Paints Arena for the Penguins against the Nashville Predators. And we have much more next here on the GM Show. Stay with us. It's all presented by S&T Bank. Welcome back to the GM Show presented by S&T Bank here on the Penguins Radio Network alongside Penguins General Manager Ron Hextall. I'm Josh Getzoff. Ron, we talked a little bit about the loss last night, uh, 7-4 defeat in Detroit against the Red Wings. Casey DeSmith was the goaltender, a record for that game. In the game, he appeared in his career-high 37th game this season. Now, obviously, I know when you guys brought back he and Tristan Jari, there was the thought that Tristan would obviously be the one. Casey would be the backup. He's been very serviceable in a backup role. He's also been busier than he's ever been this year because of Tristan's injuries. How do you feel like he's handled that workload? Because, you know, I'm sure when he, even him, probably would admit to a man when he approached this season, 37 games maybe seemed like it would be a bit of a reach for the amount of games he would play, but he's already hit it here with eight to go yeah I think it's fair to say I think everybody has their expectations going into going into the season and I think you know Casey for the most part particularly lately he's been he's been real good for us I think he has shouldered quite a bit of the burden as you mentioned because Jars has been out um, and it's a it's a different mindset like it's it's not easy and our schedule's been so tough too I think since after the break we just went through I think it was nine and 15 but we got 33 and 66 nights from the all-star break to the end of this season which is crazy so that kind of adds to it so I think for the most part um, he's done a good job but certainly we look forward to Jars getting back in there as well Tristan's played 40 games this year I found it interesting though we mentioned the injuries he's dealt with 16 of those 40 games have come since the turn of 2023 so the bulk of his work was in the 2022 portion of the season and we know he's dealt with some ailments uh in the days and months that have gone by since for him i noticed you know obviously backing up against washington saturday night that was a good sign with dustin dakarski being sent back down he backs up in detroit the other night but i think everyone thought that was more performance earned from casey to smith than anything else for his game against washington for tristan is it more of battling through any ailments or is he kind of past whatever was hampering him from being in the penguins lineup yeah no jars is fine um okay. he's healthy right now he wouldn't be sitting on the bench we always approach it that uh, you say can a guy back up a guy can back up he has to be able to go in the net and play so we never approach it like well he can sit on the bench i mean what good is that so he is uh he is healthy and good to go and hopefully we've seen the end of the the injury woes for for this year yeah we're going to keep our fingers crossed as we talk here your desk is made of wood and i'm going to tap on it for that <laughs> fact um speaking of injuries that brings me to the the group in front of the goaltenders the defensemen and i don't think anyone could have foreseen what's going on back there here over the better part of the last month because you did bulk up around the deadline and adding dimitri kulikov we know jeff petrie obviously came in the offseason jan ruta there's some size in those two as well but you think about the guys that you've been without, and Petrie obviously just came back last night against Detroit after being out five games, but no Pedersen, no Ruta, no Kulikov. I mean, the list goes on and on. No, um, Who am I forgetting here? The, the list has just been longer and longer by the month uh, for the Penguins on the back end. But as things sit right now, do you foresee any of those guys having an opportunity to get back before the playoffs swing around, or is it all kind of fluid? And I know there's some LTIR uh, implications with some of those players as well. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely fluid, but we certainly welcome any of them back when when they can come back from LTIR. But the LTIR thing, you're obviously pretty sure a guy's going to be out until that date before you stick them on there. So I think we've got a chance, certainly before the end of the regular season. Um, you know, in the meantime, obviously getting getting Petrie back is a big one, just in terms of the minutes. You know, you're talking 20. 
23, 24 minutes there that we've got to distribute to other guys. I mean, Roots and, and Kulikov and Petey, you start adding the minutes up there, and it's tough to lay on other guys who have never been in that situation before, but I think it's also an opportunity. I mean, I think Taylor Fadoon coming in, did an absolutely terrific job for us. I don't think he's played in the league in three or four years, and all of a sudden he comes up and gives us four or five really good games. So to certainly take my hat off to Taylor, um, but we welcome getting the rest of those guys back. Yeah, I talked to Taylor when we were in Dallas last week, and he reminded me that the last game he had played in the NHL was in the bubble in Edmonton, so there weren't even fans, and now he's coming back into the league, and there's 18,000-plus in the stands. But I, I wanted to ask you about that because he comes up on an emergency recall. Everyone knew that he was a guy that you guys had brought in for maybe a, a seventh, eighth, ninth type of defenseman in the rotation, but has served a pretty good role in developing younger players and helping be a leader down in Wilkes-Barre. He's the captain the last two seasons. How do you feel like he did handle that? Because he didn't just jump right back in. He jumped in and kind of handled himself pretty well. Yeah, it's almost like when when – Taylor jumped in. I think we were kind of hoping for safe minutes, but he actually made an impact with us. So I thought he did a terrific job. As you mentioned, he does a real good job with our young guys down there in Wilkes-Barre. He is our leader. Um, he's a guy that shows up at the rink every day ready to work. And uh, his impact in terms of leadership is huge for us. I think the other thing, too, we get we get uh, Willett and Smith hurt down there, too, which just kind of adds to our, our defensive uh, depth there that we felt like we had. And so it's been a tough run here but uh, we got to find a way through it and win some hockey games here. Another recall you made recently was Alex Nylander, and I know the better part of the last couple weeks he's been a scratch for the Penguins lineup based on healthy bodies coming back up front, but it seemed like the little spurt we saw of him. This is a guy that we know he's played time in the NHL in Buffalo and Chicago in his career and had a fair amount of success point-wise. Uh, he played in some top six roles in early in his start in Pittsburgh after his recall. Uh, I guess a two-parter for you. What did you make of his play after the recall? And the second part is this is a guy that had a lot of success in Wilkes-Barre this year, and last year you obviously traded for him from Chicago. Um, what do you think were some of the limitations in him not getting a recall earlier over – guys like Philip Hollander or Sam Poulin who may have been given the crack earlier this season? Well, a lot of, a lot of times with a recall, it's it's fit. So what hole are we trying to fill on a short-term basis? And when, you know, Hollander is a penalty killer. He's a, you know, essentially a bottom six guy. Um, Sam was playing in the middle, so he gives us the option of playing in the middle or on or on the wing. And, and Alex is basically, he's essentially a winger, a skilled winger. So I think Alex has done a really good job for us in Wilkes-Barre, you know, we put some things in front of him that he needed to improve on. He's improved on them all and, and again, done a real good job throughout the year. And he's, you know, he's getting the payoff now. I agree with you. When he when he was playing, he was playing pretty well. He was getting chances. He was making plays. And, you know, that's a big part of his game. But I think his 200-foot game is a lot better. He's managing the puck, uh, making the right play at the right time. Those are the things that his his work ethic, his compete level on a consistent basis. It's hard. you got, you know, 80 two games it's hard and he's improved uh he's improved in all those areas so we're real happy with where he's at 50 points in 54 games this year for the Wilkes-Barre Scranton Penguins he leads them in points the guy who did lead them in points at the time of his recall way back in December was Drew O'Connor he hasn't gone back to Wilkes-Barre and I think after a couple months of people waiting to see if he would take the next step it's been pretty visible that he's starting to figure it out here over the better part of the last month realizing that he's six foot three and 200 plus pounds and kind of utilizing his body on top of his speed what do you think allowed that light bulb to click a little bit? And now that it has, you know, what are the next steps for him to, to continue to progress as a player? 
Well, I think sometimes it's just a matter of time and, and coaching. And, you know, young players come in the league, and we expect a lot of them. And it's a big transition from, you know, on their way up, whether you're playing college or even prior to that, where you're the best player in the ice every night and, and the game is easy. And all of a sudden you get to this level, and it's hard for everybody, including Sid. Sid works hard every night. It's a hard, it's a hard game, and you got to battle through. And I think some of those nuances OC is, is certainly starting to figure out. I think it's consistency you know he come in for two or three games and play well and then all of a sudden he kind of flat line and I think you know he's he's gotten to the point now where we feel like we put him in every night and he's got a chance of making an impact as you said his speed is one of his greatest assets his size his strength you know he's got pretty good hands so he, he's a nice package and I see I see Drew getting better and better he's got to maintain his you know the consistency part of it and trying to get better every day he and the Penguins set to begin a three-game homestand tomorrow night with the Nashville Predators in town. We have much more next on the Penguins Radio Network. Stay with us. This is the GM Show. It's presented by S&T Bank. This is the GM Show. It's presented by S&T Bank here on the Penguins Radio Network with Penguins General Manager Ron Hextall. I'm Josh Getzoff. And, Ron, we mentioned Dmitry Kulikov earlier in the show as a guy the Penguins brought on at the trade deadline. Nick Benino is another. We'll get to him in a second. But the biggest name that you brought in around the deadline was Mikhail Granlin uh, from the Nashville Predators. Since coming to Pittsburgh, he's played 13 games. He's got just three points, but he seems to be around the action quite a bit. And I'm curious. I know it's still a small sample size. I know there's a lot to figure out as you join a team in the middle of a stretch run that needs points in every game they can play and he's also finding his way within that lineup uh, but how do you assess the uh, first dozen or so games that he's played in black and gold I think you see some of uh, uh, Mikel's tr- uh, attributes his his playmaking first and foremost he he, he likes to pass the puck. I think we saw that last night where he had a couple of real good opportunities to shoot and he chose to pass. And those are the types of things. I think he's still a little bit figuring out, you know, where he is here, who he's playing with uh, system-wise and some of those things. But I think you certainly see the attributes that, again, that, that we coveted. And the, the playmaking part of his game is, is the strongest part of his game. He's more playmaker than, than shooter, as I mentioned. Um, but I think he's he's done some good things for us. He can play in all three all three positions. He can play in your power play. He can play in your penalty kills. So we certainly look forward to the contributions from Michael, not only this year but down the road. You made it uh, no secret going into the trade deadline. You've done this every year that you'd ideally like to acquire a player with term, and Granlin has that. He's under contract for the next two years. How do you feel like he fits in with this current core that you've locked up? Guys like obviously Sid and Gino and Latang, but at the same time, Brian Rust and Ricard Raquel, guys that have signed longer term uh, extensions here in the last couple of seasons. I think he fits in nicely again with the the playmaking part of his game. Everybody wants to play with a playmaker. The fact that he can play all three positions. You know, one guy gets hurt, McCall can fill in really in the top six and in any position. Um, can certainly play in your third line as well. So uh, again, we look forward to contributions from him down the road here. And again, having a guy that can play all three positions is valuable. Uh, whether you want to bump a guy down or whether somebody's not playing great, and you want to bump him down or you know, bump him down just to give him a little bit of a take the pressure off him for a little while. Michael can can pop up into that spot on either side. So uh, we look at him as a valuable kind of an all all situation player. Well, another guy who's played in all situations, he's been on the PK, he scored a power play goal a couple games back and has scored a little bit more recently is Jeff Carter, who plays deeper in your lineup. Uh, he's fallen under the spotlight quite a bit this year, Ron, and I think obviously you're aware of that. Everyone has. But it seems like 
And I don't, again, I know I referenced this switch flip for the team earlier in the uh, conversation, but it seems like there has been another level that has been taken upon the game of Jeff Carter here over the last two weeks, essentially, going back to that game in Denver and really hitting his stride here. Another goal last night uh, in Detroit on the power play. Have you noticed anything that's changed in his game, or is it just a matter of the pucks going in? I mean, he's, he's shooting it more, that's for sure. Yeah, I think he's he's feeling some confidence right now. I think there's ebbs and flows throughout the year for every player, and I think Karch has gone through his, but obviously he's he's playing well right now. The puck is going in for him. <clears throat> he's getting his shots off quick and clean, and sometimes when you're, when you're not feeling it, you're not getting off as quick, you're not getting them off as clean, you don't hit the spot you're looking for, so... Things are going well for him. Hopefully he can continue. Well, no center on your roster and maybe throughout the league more impressive than Sidney Crosby. Uh, a couple weeks back, we were in New York. Team didn't win the game, but he got a couple of assists in a 4-2 loss uh, to the New York Rangers, and that locked up his 18th straight point-per-game season, which is hard to believe uh, given how the National Hockey League climate has been, and even harder to believe when you consider that only one guy's done it more times, that'd be Wayne Gretzky with 19. So Crosby conceivably would tie that and possibly even pass that, knock on wood, if he stays healthy throughout the rest of his NHL career. Um, you've been able to now witness him for the better part of the last two and a half years here in Pittsburgh. What do you, you know, kind of attribute that to and just that consistency? We talked about it for the team. Maybe no one more consistent than the captain, even this year in general. Yeah, I, it's amazing just to watch it on a day-to-day basis. I mean, his seems like every every couple games here, he's got some type of a milestone coming up, and it's it's incredible the, the records he's setting, the magnitude. Um, of, of his numbers over the course of 18 years I mean it's it's incredible but I think I think you attribute it to to one thing and it's his love of the game and it's his drive he's just such a driven player he wants to go out and do well every night he wants to he wants to win every night and uh, certainly a pleasure watching him on a night-to-night basis when we were in Denver last week and he scored that ridiculous backhand goal over uh, Alexander Georgiev I happened to laugh when I saw the replay because as Crosby after he scored he came up the wall and the, there was a shot where they had the camera on him you could see over his shoulder Georgiev kind of watched the puck going to the back and then his head swung around as if to be like mm-hmm. how did he just do that so I'll ask you as a goaltender, how would you handle a Sidney Crosby backhander if it's coming at you like that? Probably not very well. <laughs> he, the, the backhand is you can't read it off the blade. The forehand you can read off the blade, but the backhand you can't read off the blade, which is why it's so hard for a goaltender. But it's a somewhat of a lost art too. Like you look at you look at Sid's stick, it's pretty straight. Yeah. Most guys have such a big curve, it's hard to take a backhand. They certainly prefer the forehand, but it's a great weapon as as we saw in Colorado. One of the best in his arsenal. He and the Penguins are ready to match up against the t- uh, Nashville Predators tomorrow. And there might be a major milestone on tap for the Penguins this weekend at PPG Paints Arena as it pertains to Chris Letang. Much more next here on the GM Show, presented by ST Bank. This is the GM Show as we welcome you back here on the Penguins Radio Network. And, Ron, obviously a, a matchup tomorrow night that's first and foremost against the Nashville Predators. And then Saturday, the Boston Bruins come into Pittsburgh. But this three-game homestand wraps up against the Philadelphia Flyers on Sunday night at PPG Paints Arena. And if, that being the operative word and what I'm about to say, Chris Letang participates in the two aforementioned games against Nashville and Boston, that Flyer game would be career game number 1,000 for Chris Letang. And you think about the path that he's been on obviously the three Stanley Cups yes but the health issues the the two strokes the multiple injuries that he's come back from obviously one of those strokes this season that he's returned to the ice from and played admirably for the Penguins what 
can you kind of say about the perspective on a thousand games for a guy like that, uh, given what he's had to endure to reach the milestone? Well, I think a thousand games is an incredible accomplishment in itself. But I think when you add up the, you know, some of the injuries, the severity of the injuries, the the strokes, it, it's it's incredible what Chris has done. He's, uh, if I had to describe Chris in one word, it would be a warrior. And I think that's probably warrior and winner to me are what hockey players like to be called. And and Chris wears both labels very well. Uh, the level of respect that you have for him, I know it was there. I'm sure everyone kind of appreciates what he is and how he plays from a distance. But now being here in Pittsburgh and seeing the work that goes on at practice, in the weight room, off the ice, just taking care of himself despite having some hurdles to clear personally and physically, you know, has it, has it gone up anymore for you over the last couple of years? Oh, for sure. It's when you see when you see guys on a day-to-day basis, you really understand what they're all about. And I think you talked about Sid earlier and, and hanger like he's he's a machine I mean he was given a gift for sure anybody that can play that type of minutes and when you talk about a thousand games that's the other thing you you don't talk about some guys play a thousand games but once they get towards the end maybe they're playing 12 minutes a game or 14 minutes a game hanger still still in the mid-20s a game which is incredible at his age so uh, when you when you add up the, the games played and the minutes played it's incredible it's almost like probably about 13 or 1400 games that he's played so he's a special guy he's a special athlete and I think the biggest thing he's a competitor you see him like you know you you play 25 26 27 minutes and you see him out there and he runs someone typically guys like that don't do that because they're more concerned about I got to play you know 25 26 minutes and I got to I got to conserve my energy and Tanger so competitive he just can't help himself so he is a he's a special individual for sure I say it complimentary, but he is a freak uh, here for the Pittsburgh Banquets. Yes, 100%. We mentioned the three Stanley Cups that he's won. The third of those three was against the Nashville Predators. Both teams look a little different than they did in 2017, but that'll be the matchup here on Thursday night as you guys begin a stretch where you'll play eight games between now and the end of the regular season. As you and I speak here on Wednesday, it's a three-point lead over the Panthers for that second wild-card spot. You're three points behind the Islanders with the game in hand for the first wild-card spot. There's still a lot to shake out, basically, be my point there but you know what are some of the keys for your team as you guys get set for what really is this final stretch run here of the regular season I think just again you know managing the puck and playing playing consistently period to period and game to game we've we've got to find that consistency and and again we know we're capable of it we've done it this year um so having that consistency being ready to play right at right at the puck drop right at seven o'clock um and and having all 20 guys going every night is a key for us well we're looking forward to seeing how it all shakes out we'll keep our fingers crossed that uh, we'll see you in the stanley cup playoff party in just a couple of weeks crazy to believe that it's almost here and the penguins trying to punch their ticket for the 17th straight season to the stanley cup playoffs ron i always appreciate you taking the time with us i know it's a there's definitely some jumps that we have to go through throughout the regular season to coordinate times to get together but i appreciate your time always and uh, always enjoy the conversation wish you guys the best of luck here in these next couple of weeks and like i said hopefully we'll uh, be seeing each other in the stanley cup playoffs in a couple of weeks always a pleasure josh and appreciate what you do for the penguins thanks ron appreciate that that is penguins general manager ron hextall his penguins in action on thursday night against the nashville predators we'll get you started six o'clock on the pregame show seven o'clock puck drop phil bork and i will have the call from ppg 
Paints Arena for the Pens and the Preds. For Ron Hextall and our executive producer, Wayne Gretzky-Anderson, I'm Josh Getzoff. This has been the GM Show. It's presented by S&T Bank. Good night, everybody. We'll talk to you tomorrow night.